This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. There's a radio station in St. Louis called KC95. And it, it was the FM station extraordinaire. And it played all the albums. And it didn't matter how long the songs were. You know, like Chicago Transit Authority had 10-minute songs. That's where you went to listen to your, your, your really good music. This was the primo. You know, you'd wait till maybe 11 o'clock at night on a Friday or Saturday night. And when this would come on, it, it would be like the whole car starts singing. And Bruce Springsteen had, he was like a cult figure back then, 75. You, because you would, you only get to hear, hear him uh, on KC. And that, because that song there was eight minutes long. And, and uh, it just builds and builds and builds. And he's telling a story about a bunch of high school kids going out to the lake and creating mischief, you know, like you do in high school. And it was like an anthem. It was really cool. That's awesome. And it's awesome. The music and entertainment can teleport you right back to a memory that you love. Now, Mr. Manager, you're a little bit younger than me, but do you remember those days with Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> Only a little bit younger, you say? <laughs> uh, yes, I remember those days. <clears throat> I mean, he was, um, he evolved. He evolved from being this cult-like underground act that didn't want to be known, kind of. He acted like he didn't want to. Because he's so gruff and rough right. and, and like a construction worker kind of singer. To the musical icon he is now. To Yeah, to Mr. Pop. And that's where Brian is. He's <laughs> going to see uh, Bruce Springsteen. I think it's tonight. And I uh, hope uh, Lindsay's feeling well enough to enjoy it because she was suffering a little bronchitis. I hope that's not what I'm getting. But I think it's just these allergies. Can you do something about that in this city? <laughs> You know, you know, Kevin. The, the the city gets complaints about so many different things that, uh, and sadly, a lot of them, like your bronchitis, are out of out of our control. <laughs> so you're uh, you're not taking responsibility. I'm not taking responsibility for that one. Let me tell you something. Um, I live in Forsyth, but I when I'm on a, on a trip, people ask me where I'm from. It just automatically comes out. I'm from Decatur. Uh, I feel like I'm living in a suburb. And uh, of Decatur. You do. <laughs> yeah. And Decatur, and Decatur is the, the juggernaut of Macon County. Without a healthy Decatur, we, haven't, we don't have a healthy Forth, Forsyth or Mount Zion or Blue Mound or any, any of these other bedroom communities. So <clears throat> I recognize how big a responsibility you have, the mayor has, city council, and, and the decisions that you make are crucial. And I look at the things that are going on in this country between the police, defunding police, how important our first responders are from the fire department to the EMS, uh, even the rails now. Um, being city manager, you have to deal with all these big, big issues. Uh, I'm proud of our police department. I'm proud of our fire department. I know you just found a new ambulance service, Abbott, which is great. Um, but how do you deal with all this? Um, that's, that's a pretty broad question. And, and let me say that as, as local government officials, um, they, they struggle every day you know, to, to make the right decisions, to serve the public, and, and make good use of, of the limited tax resources that the citizens have, have provided. Um, and in some ways, to set themselves apart from some of the 
frankly, crazier decisions that are made in our in our nation's capital. We have to deal with the consequences of some of the, I think, um, short-sighted uh, fiscal decisions made by the federal government. Um, I think that the the erosion of trust in the last several decades in government is mostly because people feel like they've been disappointed by their federal government, um, and and so, but, and 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 the federal government can. Uh, can suffer a shutdown because Republicans and Democrats can't agree in Congress, but we can't do that here because uh, they can shut down for three or four weeks, and maybe you don't even notice. But uh, but here in in local government, if we shut down, then that does that, that that's just not possible because then water service and sewer service and you know and and power and 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 police and other public safety and road maintenance that people rely on every single day doesn't happen, and so. We, I think what we, we try to do is is reinforce that that the, the government, the level of government that is closest to the people is, is one that they can still trust based on the decisions that we make transparently about uh, about the resources and, and, and the deployment of our services. I think that contrary to some of the national narrative about defund the police, the city of Decatur has always been supportive of its police, um, even though that that's that. The, sort of the national level of support has gone up and down based on um, based on incidents and and I think by manipulation by the by the national media but there's been a consistency here in Decatur that we that we support local police that we believe in the rule of law police aren't perfect no none of us are perfect but we understand fundamentally that we need law and order for for our civilization for our city for our county and our region to be successful you know uh Today's going to be a big day for Decatur because there's a, a, an IDOT, highway letting, and there are a lot of jobs on that letting today for Macon County and Decatur. And one of them's like $10 million. And, uh, and I understand at the end of this month, there's going to be a hearing uh, at Civic Center about Highway 51 from Pershing Road to El Dorado, I think, uh, <clears throat> how to configure that. And then also how to pave it because it, it needs it needs major work. So the Highway 51 project that you're talking about that is having a hearing on March 30th from four to seven o'clock at the Civic Center. You don't have to be there for the whole three hours. It's sort of a come and go whenever it's convenient. Open house. Open house. That's a, that's a good way to describe it, Kevin. Uh, come and see the displays, the um, and the other information that that DOT's consultant will have and make comments about it. But this particular piece of, of highway between El Dorado and Pershing on 51 has, is, a, is a topic that you and I have discussed several times before on, on the radio. Can and I stop you for a second? I shouldn't have asked that question because we've got to go to the news. But hold your thought. We'll get right back. That's a good tease for 51. More right after this. This is RJ Crace with your stories now. The Decatur Area Arts Council grant program has awarded financial support to four organizations or events that help promote the arts. For this grant round, Pipe Dreams Studio Theater, Milliken School of Theater and Dance, Barn Colony Artists, and Sangamon Valley High School were awarded grants. The next grant deadline is May 1st. March's Problem Gambling Awareness Month, the Illinois Lottery reminds us, help is available. Some signs of a gambling problem include lying about the habit and needing to borrow money because of losses. It's estimated that more than a million people in Illinois either have an issue with gambling or are at risk of developing a problem. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to areyoureallywinning.com. 
For more stories, podcasts, and videos, visit our website, NellDecatur.com. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. President Biden's budget proposal starts a long road of negotiations with Republicans in Congress. What he's put out there is dead on arrival. His budget proposal calls for higher taxes on the richest Americans. MAGA Republicans also refuse to raise a single penny in new taxes on the wealthiest people. The president will now have to negotiate with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who on Fox Business ripped the spending plan. The worst part about this, it's so unserious, but it's unserious at the wrong moment in time. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. A monthly jobs report comes out from the Labor Department this morning. Economists are expecting that employers added 205,000 new jobs, which would be the weakest since December of 2020. The unemployment rate is expected to hold steady at 3.4 percent. That's Fox's Hillary Barsky on Wall Street. Stock futures basically flat a little bit down ahead of that report. America's listening to Fox News. Anderson Windows and Doors has pioneered new products, set higher standards for our entire industry, and ultimately become America's premier window manufacturer. Couple that with Huff Lumber and Home Specialties, and you get a combination that brings you the highest quality products with the expertise to get the job done right. Here's a look at your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast today. Slight chance of rain and snow showers after 4 p.m. Cloudy with a high near 40. For tonight, slight chance of rain and snow showers again, mostly cloudy and a low of 29. For Saturday, 40% chance of rain afternoon, mostly cloudy, high near 44. And Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 44 as well. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 33 degrees. Your WSOY time is 632. Listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. All right, it sounds like a Bruce Springsteen day. Hi, I'm Kevin Brahini. I'm here with Nick Smith. And thank you for joining us, folks. Brian will be back on Monday. And we have uh, the Honorable City Manager, Scott Wrighton, for the next half hour. Scott, I apologize for stopping you like that. I blew through uh, the news yesterday. I can only do that so many times, or I'm not going to get asked back. <laughs> Because that's where they make their money. But uh, city manager is with us, and we're right in the middle, if you're just joining us right now, talking about something that's on everybody's mind right now, and that is Highway 51 or Main Street and Franklin Street between Pershing Road and El Dorado. It's getting rough, and there's a lot of talk on maybe reconfiguring it. It is on the docket to get fixed. And, boy, when you can get that to look like Pershing Road, to Highway 72, uh, it'll be a great day in Decatur because that is a great project that you got uh, completed this year, Scott. Well, <clears throat> Highway 51 between Pershing and I-72 is, is what we call a fairly simple mill and overlay, meaning that they, they mill the top surface, fix some of the um, handicapped ramps at the, at the curbs, and then just do asphalt overlay. And that certainly makes it look better and drive better. But what we've asked DOT to do between Pershing and El Dorado is something fundamentally different, and that is to change the alignment of the street 
and to pull the street in and make it a little bit narrower. It's, it's already two lanes in each direction north of Pershing. It's three, four, and in, in some cases with, with the turn lanes, five and six lanes wide um, south of Pershing. And the traffic volumes no longer warrant that, that kind of width. Um, the truck volume no longer warrants that kind of width. And the decisions made— Is it because you moved the trucks? Yes. And, um, and, and just because of where a lot of them are going has changed. It's more to the northeast part of the city gotcha. now. Um, and so—and when they built those highways uh, in the 20th century, they pushed out the right-of-ways to, to such an extent that it's very close to structures, which I think contributed to the deterioration of some of those neighborhoods. So we said, time out, DOT. We don't want you to do the same thing south of Pershing that you did— that, that you plan to do and, and eventually did north of Pershing. That's appropriate north of Pershing, but south of Pershing, in the interest of neighborhood revitalization, we want you to pull it in. And, and, th and frankly, they gave us a lot of flack about it and didn't want to do it. And so it took us the better part of two years to convince them that not only is this appropriate for Decatur's neighborhood revitalization goals and what the city council wants to do, for Pete's sake, it conforms to what the National Department of Transportation has been telling them to do for urban streetscapes for years. And so finally they agreed to do that after taking two years fighting us over it. And they've, and they've hired a, an engineer, and there's this process they have to go through to create what they call a road diet. That's their term, to make it skinnier. And a road so, diet. Right. That's, 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 that's not my term. That's their term. And, and so it, it requires that they follow a different design process and, and a hearing process. And the meeting that you talked about on March 30 is a part of that elaborate process that they have to go through to have citizen engagement. Of course, citizen engagement's a good thing. We told them a year ago, we'd be happy to host all those meetings. <laughs> and they said, buzz off. We'll, we have to do it you know, with, with this consultant and take a lot of time to do it. So fine, whatever. Um, but because DOT has taken so long to make this decision to do the right thing, frankly, um, we were able to get them to agree that this year, um, later this spring, I think they've already let the contract, um, they'll be doing a bunch of repairs to the base, especially southbound 51. I mean, the, the, both northbound water as well as southbound Maine need, need a lot of work, but southbound Maine especially needs a lot of work. And that if they're going to take extra time before they do this total reconstruction that results in the road diet and much more green space, a hike bike trail, better lighting, better spacing, more green space between the streets and, and the roads and all the other things, uh, if they're going to take a long time to do that final product, then they've got to fix the surface in the interim. And that's what they're going to be doing. This, oh, so there'll be summer. emergency repair. Yes, yes. You know, Nick, I went through one of these processes of uh, focus groups on corridors into Decatur years ago. And what came out of that actually happened. Uh, everybody, th there's so many corridors into Decatur that you can only focus on so many. Right. And the one that everybody said back then, this got to be 10 years ago, downtown. Make downtown your destinations. Well, and, and the city has made downtown. They, they, they and, did it. And, and, one of did the, it. and one of the features of that, one of the strategies that the city used several years ago was to say to DOT, we're, we're, we're tired of being at the receiving end of the way you make these decisions about paving the street. We will take responsibility for 51 from El Dorado to Cleveland, which is a little street just before you go over the dam. So that section of 51, Cleveland to El Dorado, is ours. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, But north of El Dorado, it's still under state control, which is why we've had to go through some of these delays. I, I want to mention that... that um, at the end of 2022, in, in January of 2023, the state of Illinois issued this 
report about transportation achievements, uh, where, where DOT sort of spotlighted their, uh, their successes uh, over, over the previous year. And lo and behold, there's a paragraph in there where they say, we're doing this project in Decatur, Illinois, where we're working with neighborhoods and with the city to fundamentally transform and create a road diet. As after fighting us for two years about doing it, they've, 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 they've come around to say this is the right thing to do. So, you know, better late than never. And we're really happy about that, 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 that DOT has, has embraced uh, how you merge transportation improvements with the city's uh, neighborhood revitalization goals. Um, so in every respect, that's positive, except that it has delayed. It's taken a long time. It, 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 it has taken, it has added more time to the. We still got another year probably before field. we see. At, at least another year, which is, which is why they've agreed to make the, the emergency repairs uh, later this year. Um, that's all good. What I hear, I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, Nick, that whole stretch, that corridor coming in from the north to downtown Decatur, you've got, you've got plans for that. You, you want to revitalize those homes and, and make that a little bit more sightly. Well, uh, that area really south of Garfield until you get to the downtown area is, is a part of what we call the urban core. The city's been investing in the urban core um, in all sorts of different kinds of rehabilitation projects. We put more money into infrastructure. We're producing catalyst projects in that area. We, um, we recently announced a, a new catalyst project. Uh, it, it doesn't adjoin 51, uh, where the old Garfield School is, is located today at Oakland and West Grand. And we'll be announcing some additional catalyst projects, one of which is near 51 in, in, in the months ahead. Because um, there's no single thing that results in neighborhood revitalization. It's a combination of lots of different strategies, like um, rehabilitation projects, like infrastructure um, like making large visible catalyst projects like uh, code enforcement and several other strategies. But we're directing those to key parts of the, of the urban core, and, uh, and I think that we're starting to move the needle. Great. That's great. Let's take a market coffee break. When we come back, we'll talk more. I, there are things I want to get in this half hour, the Innova feed uh, project that's going on. Uh, the, and I also want to talk about this carbon capture sequestration that ADM is so involved with. From what I'm hearing, that could generate so much economic development for this community like we've never seen before. I'm pleased to talk about both those. All right. So let's take a, a break. It's time for the Marquee Coffee Break, the official drink of choice for the discerning coffee drinkers everywhere. The magic's in their beans. John, the price of fuel ain't what it used to be. Yeah, I've just joined my 10th Loyalty Rewards Gas Club. <laughs> Tell me about it. But this whole gas thing isn't stopping Dick Van Dyke Appliance World with this offer. Free standard delivery. Yeah, with select Frigidaire Gallery, Frigidaire Professional, Electrolux, GE Profile, and Cafe Appliances. And you don't have to log on to something, verify an email, think of a password, tell them how old you are. Nope, and the offer is for a limited time, so there's no time to mess around with any of that. Just free standard delivery on those nice appliances, but only for a very short time. Makes my back feel better just hearing about it. And of course, most qualify for the free 10-year protection plan. At Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. This is Dennis Rekin, chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. Our exclusive 10-year protection plan comes free with most appliance purchases. Wow! Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. When you buy from us, you get the whole Memorial Care is your entry to the quality care and expertise of Memorial Health. Primary Care, 
urgent care, virtual care. Memorial care is how health begins. Visit memorial.health. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. Welcome back to Buyers and Company. I'm here with Nick Smith. I'm Kevin Brahaney. And we're talking to the city manager, Scott Wrighton. Scott, uh, we're talking about the, the massive job that you and the city council, the mayor, have in making the city run. You know, we take a lot for granted until something goes wrong. And uh, then that leadership comes in focus. And let's hope nothing goes wrong in Decatur, Illinois, to where we have to worry about that. But I don't take it for granted. I realize the role that you have. I've worked in, with enough city managers in this town over the years, as well as police chiefs and mayors, to know that you need really good, skilled people. I know your staff is, is terrific as well. We, we have great staff, and, and I'm, I'm very proud of them. And, and, uh, and they show up every day with, with great ideas and, and improve our processes and strategies. And uh, uh, and. You know, and it happens a lot of it behind the scenes where the average citizen doesn't see it. So thanks for the opportunity for, for me to tip my hat and, and, and give applause to our staff. Well, yeah, and it's a big job. It's a big job. And I don't want to make IDOT mad at all about that's a big project. They're, they're, they're dumping a lot of money into Macon County and Decatur just today. And I know we have one more big project that we're waiting to get the green light on. I think it's coming this year. And that's at Brush College Road one. Well, there's there's two big projects, and I think that the county is putting the Raised Bridge Road um, on oh. on next month's bid letting. The uh, the gap in funding for the Brush College Ferries Parkway separation is still in the final stages, and I will I think hope hopefully we'll be able to make an announcement about that next month as well. Um, and if that happens, then the Brush College project will be on a bid letting later this year. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, that's a mean project. It's a huge project. Um, it has grown over the 10-year life of the, of the planning exercise that we had to go through to being more than $60 million in project there at the corner of Ferries Parkway and Brush College. The really good news is that only about 5% of that cost will be borne by the, by the citizens and taxpayers of, of Decatur. We've been really successful at getting close to 95% of that cost paid for from state and federal and railroad, other, other sources. Terrific. Congratulations. Thank you. It doesn't sound all that sexy, but I'll tell you, it is hugely important for that area of town. That's right. Okay, so I don't know a whole lot about this. Brian talks about it all the time, and I know it's big, but I just don't understand how big. And that's the Innova feed uh, development out by ADM. Could you talk about that? Sure, I'd be happy to. In fact, as we speak uh, today, this week, uh, Innova feed has started their construction on, on their pilot plant on the um, south side of Raysbridge Road, really just across the street to the south from Richland Community College. Sometimes it's hard to see because that section of property to the south of Raysbridge Road and to the east of Brush College, there's a big berm there on, on both the north and the west sides of the property that sort of uh, masks the view a little bit of, of the property. But that's where construction is going on on the Innova Feeds pilot project. 
I was uh, off for several weeks in um, in February and was in India on, on personal business. And on the way back, personal from, business yeah. in India. And on, and on the way back, I, I used to live in India. And and, wow. and and on the way back, I had a layover in Paris, and so I extended my layover so that I could visit with our partners, uh, which are based in Paris, and see the Innova feed plant that they have north of Paris, about halfway between Paris and the Belgian border. And they were very accommodating, and, and I toured the plant and learned even more than I already knew about, about the process. What do they make, feed? And what they do is they take this, these black flies, and they produce three separate pr- products. One is an oil that uh, has a special use in, in industry. The other is protein that becomes uh, animal feed, and the other is fertilizer. So they make three separate products at this plant in France, and what they're going to be doing is basically replicating the... F- the, the plant in France that I toured here in Decatur, only it'll be even bigger than, than, how, how big than the is one in big? France. Well, the, uh, the the plant in France employs about 150 people, and I think they're going to be closer to 250 people once it's all up and running. Nice. This is, this is breakthrough technology, really. And the attraction uh, of Decatur to them, besides the fact we have great utilities and, and industrial infrastructure support here, is close associations, industrial synergies with ADM. Uh, The the plant in France produces uh, biomass that they use to help these these bugs feed, and ADM can provide that biomass as well, plus ADM provides heat. What is is biomass? like is that a is that a an offshoot of processing corn and soybean? Yes, um, a byproduct. But it can be a byproduct of processing many other things. But okay. where, where it produces, uh, whether it's I mean, yard waste is biomass. But ADM's <laughs> they, a master at utilizing right. byproduct. And and so what they do at the and there's another plant. It's not ADM, but it's another plant that produces a biomass that's right next door to their facility in France. And so they have this giant conveyor belt that brings it over to the plant. It's mixed with water, and that becomes the material in which the larvae grow, uh, and uh, th- th- that are then subsequently processed. Plus, they have um, another adjacent plant. The one in France uh, produces uh, is involved in in wood shavings, but. It, uh, it produces heat, as ADM will also have excess heat from from their process operations. So in that way, uh, Anova Feed is is synergistic with these other industries and is not only carbon neutral. Kevin, I believe that they're carbon negative, which means that they they more than offset their own uh, CO two footprint. They actually offset even more than that. Is that and, by using sequestration? Um, no, it's it's not by using sequestration. It's just by the way that they um, uh, keep all of their all of their the way they process their waste, you know, with the that they reprocess everything that they produce, even as as waste. And so it's it's more complicated than I, than I could talk about here. But it's really cutting edge kinds of things. And not only is it synergistic with with ADM, it, this is the very first installation of its kind in North America, and it's here in Decatur. And I think that there's the possibility for a lot of a lot of spinoffs. Okay, we're going to take a break, and I want to talk about that because I've talked to a couple of executives from ADM, and they tell me we're on the cusp of a huge development by other companies out around ADM in that area because of the carbon capture sequestration. What they've already accomplished uh, to some extent, if we expand that, it will attract more and more manufacturers. Uh, When we come back, so let's take a break, and we'll have... uh, the news, Channel 20 weather with Nick Smith and the more with city manager right after this. 
today, we've got a slight chance of rain and snow showers. After 4 p.m., it'll be cloudy today with a high near 40. Tonight, that chance of rain and snow continues, mostly cloudy and low of 29. For Saturday, 40% chance of rain afternoon, mostly cloudy, high near 44. And Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 44 as well. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, just over freezing at 33 degrees. Your WSOY time is 650. For 23 years, the Community Foundation of Macon County has worked to connect the philanthropic goals of donors with the needs of our community. This is Steve Groney, Community Foundation Board Trustee. Our foundation has grown to over 380 funds that have been established by individuals, families, businesses, agencies, and organizations to benefit a variety of community causes. We're proud to share that in 2022, Foundation donors made over $5 million in grants to support social services, arts, recreation, conservation, health, and education. Because of donor generosity, we are creating a better future for our community that allows all to live, learn, work, and thrive. If you are interested in learning how you can work with the Community Foundation to establish a fund to support the causes you care about, call today at 429-3000 or visit our website at MaconCountyGives.org. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here, 15,000, another shutout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. Shannon, hello! Slam dunk! Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. And the celebration is on! Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Welcome back. Buyers and Company, Nick Smith, Kevin Burhaney. I almost said Soy City Buzz there, but I stopped myself. So that is not technically a mistake yet. I haven't made it yet. Um, Brian will be back on Monday. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Got a great show today. Scott Wrighton is here. He'll be wrapping up this half hour. DPS 61 is bringing some students in. That's going to be fun. Mark Tupper, Tom Brinkotter, Angela Falk, uh, Nicole Bateman. Big show, big Friday show. Scott, thanks for joining us for 45 minutes this morning. I really appreciate it. So would you talk to us about what's going on with the carbon capture sequestration and is it truly an opportunity for development in this town, in your opinion? In, in my opinion, Kevin, it is. Um, it's kind of a complicated explanation as, as to why that's so. Carbon capture sequestration, CCS for short, is not new to Decatur. Um, ADM has been doing it for 10 years. Uh, they've had two separate well sites um, up on their property um, north of um, Richland Community College where they've been experimenting with this um, under the watchful eye of the Department of Energy and the, and the EPA, uh, because the, the basic idea of taking this CO2 and putting it underground rather than having it contribute to global warming seems to make sense, but, but they want to try out the technology, try out the science, make sure it's going to work. And that's what they've been doing for 10 years. 
And this particular section of central Illinois from a geologic standpoint, and I'm not a geologist, is, is really well situated for that because of the layers of shale and rock uh, beneath the central Illinois provide a great cap for storing this stuff 6,800 to 7,000 feet down, a mile and a quarter straight down underneath. And we're talking underneath about carbon land. dioxide, right? Yes, yeah, CO2. Is that, uh, is that real dangerous underground for uh, any reason? No, I mean it's it's liquefied and it's pressurized, but I, I mean ultimately, if it was to if it was to come to the surface, it would be, you know, it would just be like soda water or something. Um, and so the by injecting it underground, we are taking it out of the out of the atmosphere. And because of government tax credits and and other incentives, companies that generate a lot of CO two are incentivized to capture that, do the right thing for the environment, uh, make a positive impact on climate change. And I've already had the opportunity uh, to talk with businesses who may be thinking about locating their expansion or their or their new plant based on where they can get access to carbon capture sequestration. It, between the city of Decatur and the Economic Development Corporation, you, yeah, you, Nicole's going to be on. You mentioned Nicole Bateman, who's the president of that. Our two agencies are the ones who chiefly have the first contact with with some of these with some of these business opportunities. So what they're saying out at ADM is true. Well, I, I can personally attest to the fact because I've had some of these conversations with with potential businesses that we're trying to recruit to, to to bring their investment and their jobs to Decatur. That on some occasions, one of the criteria for them considering Decatur is because of access to carbon capture sequ sequestration. Um, if they can be close to that, then then they can get the tax credits, they can get the incentives, and and and, uh, um, and that helps their investment, and and they would come to Decatur. And the rails, that's got to be a big advantage. Um, I don't believe that rail is has any real direct impact at all on carbon capture sequestration. No, no, but for some of these corporations yes, coming, I mean, okay, the 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 mix of infrastructure support that we have here in Decatur, whether it's rail or roads or or airport or broadband or airport or water and sewer, uh, water and sewer is significant. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we invest so much in our in our water system. All of those infrastructures are important. But rail, what I'm saying is rail has no real impact on carbon capture sequestration. Because no, but you got to have all those dynamics for a company right. to pick a city, yes. right? Yes, you do. And so, and so we add to that already impressive list of infrastructure assets in Decatur. Now we want to add to that list another one, which is access to carbon capture sequestration. How many other cities do this um, or have this? I believe that this is the most advanced um, carbon capture pumping arrangement in North America. There are other places where geologically it makes sense to do this, where, where the where the shale and the rock deposits underneath the the ground are similar to what we have in, here in Illinois. For example, there's there's a large part of Wyoming that 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 that's for, uh, that, that that's also true for. But that doesn't mean that there's a company there that, that has developed those well sites and and gone through all of the research with the Department of Energy and EPA to make sure that, that it'll work there. And that's what's happened here. So we really are ahead of the curve with this work that ADM has done. So the the fact that somebody might pipe their CO2 from someplace else doesn't really generate that many jobs here. And uh, but what does is when they decide that we want to locate here so that we can have easy access to those to those wellheads. And that's what uh, ADM is saying when it has a lot of potential for bringing new jobs to Decatur. Now, I want to mention, because um, I know that, that we're running out of time, <clears throat> there's been some controversy about carbon capture sequestration, but it all has to do with the piping across mm -hmm. farmers' fields. 
And yeah, and, they're not and, crazy about that. And, and and it involves another company, not not uh, Wolf Carbon, which is which is the one that that ADM is working with. And uh, uh, ADM will be making a presentation about this carbon capture se sequestration at a future city council meeting. Um, but it's not about the piping; it's about the fact that they they drill this this well down about sixty eight hundred or seven thousand feet straight down, just like they've already done, and then the, disperse this CO two out into the seams of, of the rock. Uh, so that it so that it stays stored underground, and uh, so we'll have a future presentation about that. And uh, I know there's not enough time to talk about it on the radio station today. It goes by fast, doesn't it? It does too fast. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. We need like three hours with you. You're a smart <laughs> man. You got to know a lot to be a city manager, and we've got one who knows a lot. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And thank you for being here. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.